people all the time talk about materialism and they say that having uh, a desire to have nice things is bad, right? We've all heard that money is the root of all evil. But here's the thing. I would rather cry on a Mercedes than cry on a bike. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today is a pretty cool day. I've got Gregory Downing. He's the gratitude coach. Now, the cool thing is I have known you for probably 25 years. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, 25 years. 25 years. It, it'll, it'll, it'll be. No, 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 no. No, we, we just lied. Oh. Uh, I worked with you 25 years ago, but we've known each other since 1993. Yeah. Even, even uh, because I spent two years you know, off on the East Coast, um, you know, serving humanity. And we actually met a year before that. So 28 years. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and for the longest time, I had wanted to interview you and our paths keep intertwining and yeah, yeah, crossing yeah. and you're over in Europe and then you're over in the in, in Mauritius and you're over in Malta. And it just so happened that we coincided. And you do this really cool thing with manifestation and helping people see their true potential. Absolutely. And so you have a book called Attracting Miracles. I do. And is it just that easy to attract a miracle or is it like just platitudes of something to say? You know, um, and I always like, I like to differentiate the difference between simple and easy. So uh, the recipe, the pattern, I would say is simple, but putting it into practice is not always easy and that's because of limitations from within self the universe the universe makes it really simple it, <laughs> it's 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 us that complicate it yeah. and and make it not so easy so we and i'm, I'm, I'm taking my fingers with humans that's right yeah, yeah uh we tend to complicate yes things. absolutely okay what's what's a an idea or a way that we complicate ourselves and block ourselves from attracting the miracle um so uh, have you ever dated anybody that just came across as really needy? Yeah. Okay. So uh, how did you feel like toward that person? Or what was the vibe that you picked up from somebody that was really needy? Um, there, there's like a, I want to avoid this. I, I don't want to be a part of this. That's right. Yeah. Um, and um, needy energy is, in a big way, it's resistant energy. And so energy takes the path of least resistance. And anytime somebody is needy, uh, you actually push that thing away rather than invite it into your life. Interesting. Um, and, and, and for those of you that maybe are you know, struggling with relationships, become indifferent about whether or not you end up with somebody and, uh, and, and send out indifferent energy. And it just completely changes things. And in, in, in other words, so, so it's, it's, it's um, desire without need. Saying, you know, I'd really love for that to happen, but hey, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't. 
So I work with salespeople and business owners pretty much on a daily basis. Absolutely. And one of the worst positions for someone to go into is wanting a, a deal so bad that they need it. Oh, oh. And, and, and desperation is a solution. Oh, man. I was just going to say, you can smell. <laughs> so uh, so when, when I started in the coaching industry, um, I was doing enrollment for, uh, for Jack Canfield. And um, one of my mentors taught me that people can smell desperation even through the phone. Yeah. And um, and so so the hardest thing for a salesperson is to be willing to end the conversation if it's not a fit or going in the right direction. Yeah. Be willing to say, you know, what? hey, we can part as friends. Maybe we'll catch up later. You know, one of the coolest phrases I picked up was from uh, Pawn Stars. Oh, yeah. And you know, like, there's a ton of sales lessons in Pawn Stars. Oh, but absolutely. Like, when you watch Rick, Rick will say, hey, I'm sorry. And he'll put out his hand like this. And we're just at an impasse and we can't make it yeah. work. And it's just very gracious. He's like, "All right, peace out, girls. Yeah. We're done." Yep. I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chase it. It would be great to have it in the shop. I don't know when I can sell it, but hey, I'm not gonna die with that. Cool. So that's the indifference that you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Desire without need. So there's a, a push versus pull type of a feeling with that as well. That's right. Okay. So uh, and and when 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 you are desperate or when you chase something, you're you're pushing that thing away. Um, but when you allow it to come into your life, then you're pulling it toward you. Oh, well, that makes sense. Now you have a pretty cool moniker called the great, the gratitude coach. Absolutely. <laughs> How did that come up? Yeah. So, uh, that was the core of my, my branding. So at the time I was still, um, coaching for Joe Vitale and Nightingale Conant, um, bunch of other names that, that most people recognize if they've been in personal development signals or, or circles. And, um, when I was sitting down with one of my mentors, uh, they asked me, well, well, how are you going to brand yourself? Like, like, what are you going to do to make your message or to make your position or your, your unique offering unique? And um, one of the things that I struggled with for a huge part of my life was, was realizing and feeling like there was greatness in me, mm-hmm. but not knowing how to, to pull it out and not knowing how to how to actually um, apply my own greatness and, you know, understanding that uh, that the more grateful you are is your level of gratitude. Uh, The more you recognize your own greatness is your level of gratitude. So what you're saying is having gratitude is like a hidden multiplier or a hidden lever for, for propulsion to exceptionalism. Absolutely. And, and, but, but the key is, also recognizing or or actually being able to acknowledge your own greatness every human being is born with greatness but not every human being learns to acknowledge it and then to draw it out do you have any uh actions that somebody can take like what's one way for to be me for me to be more grateful oh yeah so uh that's a very good question and you know, it starts with um, just getting present yeah. and getting in the now. Like I, in my book, I talk about a period of my life where I, I struggled with horrible, horrible anxiety. Like it, it, it got so bad that um, that I really was ready to, to end my own life. And um, because I just decided that, you know, that I didn't want to live that way. Right. That, that, if, that if this was what I had to look forward to the rest of my life, I wasn't going to be in on that ride. And um, my wife actually called me on it and, and it just very 
it just it was just a dose of reality and uh, we were getting ready to pull out of our driveway and she just told me i was full of crap and i looked at her but she didn't use crap though but and and, and it's not like my wife to, to even swear but she looked at me and she said you know she said every day she said you um you talk to your clients on the phone about being in the present letting go of the past keeping yourself out of the future and just you know, focusing on what's right in front of you. And she said, you're not doing that. And she said, and that's, that's the, that's the source of, you know, all of this anxiety is that, um, you know, you're so caught up in, in past, you know, worry about past mistakes and, and worrying about, you know, what's going to happen in the future and trying to control all that. And she said, you're not, you're not being present. And uh, I think that the, the cool thing for you is you had somebody call you out and say, absolutely. Time Absolutely. I think we all need that in our life. You know, I call it my warm personal enemy and that's who she is. I mean, she could look right at me and she could say, you know, that tie really sucks, but I love you. <laughs> and that's, what's important. Right. So, uh, so I, I love that. I, lo I love that. I have that in my life. When we talk about attracting people, things, events, where do people confuse this thought process versus taking action? Yeah, you know, that's a great question because, <clears throat> you know, the movie The Secret, um, the, the, the issue that I've had with The Secret from the beginning and, and, you know, from what people teach or, you know, when they talk about law of attraction um, is they oversimplify it, right? You know, they, they say that well, all you have to do is set an intention and put it on your vision board and, you know, it'll, it'll show up. Um, but the universe requires equal exchange and sometimes the universe requires equal or greater exchange meaning that sometimes it requires you to give more than uh, than you get back and sometimes the universe will give back more than you give it's just very situational but the reality is that you can never go to a stove and say well i would like you to give me heat and then expect Heat to come out without doing something, without putting wood on the fire. So if I if I were to sum up what you said, there's a catalyst. Absolutely. There is something that ignites. Absolutely. And, and would you mind sharing an example? It's action. It's action. action. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is because um, you and I, you know, I, and I hope you don't get offended, but I use the term seminar junkies. I mean, yeah. we're seminar junkies. Absolutely. And, and I, just so you know, if you're listening to this audio only, I'm raising my hand. If you're watching the video, you're hearing this. Because, because the reality is that we go to seminars and, and, and when we, when we walk away from a seminar that we think was not a great seminar, and I've asked a lot of people, well, what do you think make the, is, is the difference? And most people can go back and say that, you know, I made a decision at that seminar. There was something that was presented but they created an environment in which a decision could be made. But what happens is we have that feeling, we feel inspired. And then we go a day, a two, you know, three, four, five days away from the moment of inspiration. And when we go back to try to revisit that decision, it doesn't feel the same. Um, and that's because we've moved away from that energetic moment. And so the thing that I tell people is, when you feel inspired, when you make a decision, don't just write it down, but write down how you felt and, and <clears throat> excuse me, and write down, you know, what it was, what the, what the exact thoughts and feelings were so that you can continually reconnect with that. Because if you don't reconnect with the feeling, 
you start to dismiss the initial event. You start to tell yourself, well, maybe it wasn't that exciting, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm just fooling myself, or maybe it was just, you know, my own weird thing. So the, the cool thing that you're bringing up is you're, you're writing in a journal and from a physical standpoint, you're creating an anchor. Absolutely. You're creating a, a bridge to go back to. That's right. And so, you know, there's people like Tom Vizzini that teach that you can physically anchor, which you can. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Robbins talks about this. A lot of Absolutely. people in the neuro-linguistic programming world talk about it. But what I like what you brought up is that it's not just a, like a physical anchor or an action. It's something that you can go back to and relive by your writing. And so it's, it's, it's physical in the fact that you're writing something down in a book. That's right. But it's also mnemonic in the fact that you're, you're, you're writing those feelings and those emotions. Yep. So I want to thank you for sharing that. Oh, that's, hey, that's pretty cool. It's, it's critical because, because um, one of the most important things is, you know, and this isn't in the questions, but I'm glad that it came up. Um, but it's learning how to get yourself into state and just in general. And what I mean by getting into state, it's, it's, it's being able to reconnect with whatever is the empowering thought and feeling and even empowering physiology. Sure. Um, because when you are in state, it's that energy that can drive you in the direction of your desired outcome. It's funny you bring that up. Um, let's say that I'm going to accept a sales call sure. or uh, someone's going to call me about coaching. Yep. Three minutes before I literally go through a routine Yep. where I sit up straight, I take a deep breath mm -hmm. and I snap my fingers and I say, it's game time. It's, like it. it's just the, the whole thought process of knowing, like I have to distinguish here's where I'm at versus where I'm going. So, the reason I bring this up, and it's more of a question, are, are you saying that through these actions, they really do have to be intentional? They just can't be like, eh, I'm okay with it. Absolutely. That, 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 that it's, it's interesting. I'm living in Sweden now for uh, going on four years, and we're, we're now living seasonal between Sweden and, uh, and Malta. But oh, they're, oh, go ahead. Roughly. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> First it's, world problems. Yeah, that's pretty tough. <laughs> but uh, there is a word in Sweden. Um, in the Swedish language called avsiktlig, avsiktliv, and, uh, or, or sorry, avsiktlig, and um, it means intentional or on purpose, mm. um, but it's always used in a negative uh, context. So uh, you see something bad happen in the news and, ah, oh, it was avsiktlig, you know, or, you know, a kid playing on the, on, the, on the school grounds gets hit in the head with the ball and, ah, it was avsiktlig. Uh, but I made the decision that I was going to reclaim that word for the organization um, that I'm serving there, um, Heston's Beds, and uh, and because I because I wanted to uh, convey the importance of being on purpose, meaning that when you put your feet on the floor every morning and step out of your bed, if you sleep in the bed, um, doing so with purpose, never never leaving that moment without knowing exactly what your purpose is that day uh, and then and then taking next logical steps to fulfill or to go in the direction of that purpose do you use like a, a chart or a list for that purpose or is it automatically like you know here's what i'm like when you got up this morning yeah you, you you did your routine you sprayed on some cologne that's right <laughs> right that's right absolutely <laughs> just 
as a side note, just so you know, Gregory and I are both lovers of of fine scents. That's <laughs> so, right. Do you know what it is, by the way? Can you identify? I can't. I can't identify it. Uh, it's uh, Terra de Hermes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hermes. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So, so do, uh, you, do you have a set process that you use daily? I do. Okay. And and we we mentioned um, anchoring. You, in fact, I was going to comment. You use a finger snap, mm -hmm. and so. I squeeze my shoulder. Yeah, that's oh, absolutely. Cool. That's my anchor is uh, I squeeze my shoulder because here's the thing. I think every, at least, you know, maybe not every, maybe this is how I imagine it, but, but I, I wish growing up, you know, that my father would have put his hand on my shoulder and gave me a little squeeze and said, you know, you're okay. You're awesome. You're okay. You're that's awesome. right. And, uh, and I never really got that. I never really felt like, you know, like I had that. And, um, and so when I was working with one of my coaches who also was a hypnotherapist, um, you know, he asked me to choose an anchor, something that, you know, would be deeply meaningful. And I never go into a situation. If I'm going to speak, if I'm going to do a, a group session, one-on-one, -on -one, I never go into a situation where I have an opportunity to help somebody have a better life that I don't give myself a shoulder squeeze. And, um, again, take a deep breath, get centered and and briefly visualize my desired outcome like how, just exactly how i want it to turn out so you see it you you do your shoulder squeeze yep and then you see it in your mind that's right so i gotta ask before you came in here and we did this interview yeah. did you squeeze your shoulder and i see did it in your mind i did Be, right before i got out of the, the vehicle oh very cool yeah so uh because it's it, it, it's really casual i've done it you know in the presence of other people if i remember oh i, I didn't I didn't, you know, get into state. I didn't, sure. I didn't, uh, you know, tap into my anchor. But, um, but you know, I guess maybe it doesn't look really weird, you know, squeezing. It's just like, hey, I got a little yeah. issue going on. Yeah. I, I like that. It's just pretty covert. Yeah. And like in the middle of a meeting, if you were feeling uh, like there was something going on, you could squeeze your shoulder. That's right. If, 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 and this is interesting because this is another word that comes up. If I feel that I'm losing or lacking certainty about my outcome. I'll give myself a shoulder squeeze. So I, I, I'll share that the reason I snap my finger is it's audible. Yep. But oh, if, if, if I'm losing certainty, I'll rub my finger together. It's the same action without noise. Absolutely. That yeah. that's actually the, the 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 finger rub is a common anchor that I use when I help people divert their neurology. Yeah. Um, that that it's it's one of the easiest ways to help people set an anchor into what is their new desired outcome. But I, I do thumb to middle finger on the left hand because, um, and a lot of people have asked, well, why left instead of right? Um, because the left side is your connection to your right brain, which is your emotional side. So left-handed people tend to be more emotionally connected rather than logical. So if someone was uh, left-handed, yeah. would you tell them, hey, rub your finger on your... Nope, because, because, because your logical brain is actually your left brain that controls your right sure. side of your body. Your emotional side, your more spatial, visual, um, uh, you know, anytime you, you're you creating a, a picture of your, your future, it always happens in the right side of your brain. I figured I would ask because somebody who is listening is like raising their hand going, but wait about, what about me? I'm left-handed. How, yeah. how do I make this work? What are some of the favorite miracles that you have attracted in your life? Oh, um, so first, um, my wife. Okay. Like, like she is, uh, she is a miracle. Um, the fact, well, and the fact that, uh, that I completely was messing things up in our marriage, 
and I was able to course correct in a very fast and defined way uh, that gave me the desired outcome that I wanted, which was, you know, to, to stay, not just stay in the relationship, but to start to create an environment that she deserved in the relationship. Sure. Um, and so that was, there, there were a lot of miracles involved in that. Um, the fact that, uh, that I am in Sweden doing what I'm doing with the organization, um, you know, the fact that, uh, that Jan Rita and I kind of got the same download from the universe, if you will, um, when I reached out to him and, and uh, said, I'm feeling kind of this thing about your situation. Um, there, were, there were just huge miracles. Can we, can we pause for a yeah. second? Yeah, you bet. Uh, not everybody knows your story. Yeah. And not everybody knows who you're referring to. Oh, yeah. So can, <clears throat> can, we, can we just take a, a second and, yeah, reset, and reset what, what you're discussing? Yeah. So, um, so I, 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 for many years, coached for uh, a lot of you know, recognizable names within personal development. And um, over the course of, of that period, I've, I've had uh, some clients that really stand out to me. And one of them is the fifth generation and uh, now the current CEO of Heston's Beds. They've been around since 1852, based in Sweden. It's a, a high-end premium and luxury product, all handmade natural materials. Uh, I had the privilege of being his personal coach for about six months. Um, originally it was going to be 90 days and then he had a phenomenal experience and then decided to enroll in more coaching with me and um, just helped him manifest huge miracles in his life. And, and uh, you know, he, he uh, wanted to extend that relationship, uh, but in a closer, more meaningful way for his organization. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So that's, that's a pretty cool miracle. What, there's probably somebody listening who's saying like, I don't know if I can do this. What's one small step somebody could make to, to make a shift so that they can manifest? Ah, start to get present. Okay. In other words, and, and when I talk about that, so here's something that, that I think that we overlook as human beings or that we don't give enough attention to. And it's that we all have an emotional soundtrack that we have an emotional undercurrent and it really isn't about what you desire or what you would like to manifest. It's about what you feel mm -hmm. about what you desire and what you would like to manifest and feeling and belief are inseparable. And so I always teach my clients that, that um, the meaning that you give to an experience is what produces the feeling about it. And then, and then it's anchored by your actions, which is how beliefs are, are formed within your, your, within your, your mind. Uh, and, um, and so really getting present and becoming aware of what you're feeling at any time during the day is critical to manifesting. And, you know, I don't, I don't care, you know, what somebody, I mean, I don't not care about your spiritual background, but I don't care what you call it or what you, you know, choose to connect to, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, but everything is energy and divine intelligence is energy and your emotions are energy. And the higher something vibrates, um, we call that um, good energy. The lower something vibrates, we tend to call that bad energy. I, I don't necessarily like those words, but it's easy to quantify it that way. 
Um, and so if you are going to choose a feeling for yourself, right? If I asked you, well, is the feeling you're having right now something you would reasonably choose for yourself? And if you check in and look and you see what's there, most people will say, well, I'm feeling kind of crummy or I'm feeling angry. Nah, I probably wouldn't choose that for me. Okay, well, what would you choose? And most people would choose gratitude. Mm. If, they, if they could be in a state of gratitude, most people would choose that for themselves. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a different explanation of this. I want to see what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So I grew up watching WWE with my dad. You bet. Right? Yep. And it went from the, the guy walking out of the tunnel mm. at the gorilla pose where they're about to walk out to everybody having a walkout song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So like my walkout song would be something like uh, Back in Black by ACDC. Okay. You know, just like, but what the reason I'm bringing this up is like, you're saying that people should have a walkout feeling. Absolutely. Like, they, like instead of it, it's imagine, a soundtrack. Yeah. But, but it's bet. an emotional soundtrack. Absolutely. So like, if I'm being present today and I'm struggling, like yep. I'm, I'm like, if I'm struggling emotionally today, yep. that if I shift and be present by saying I'm grateful. Yep. You're saying that this is one of the first steps. In- Absolutely, and and it's and, and it's not even it, 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 it and it's even a little bit um, deeper than that. I use anchoring a lot. Um, you know, being an NLP practitioner and and studying under John Laval and Richard Bandler, um, anchoring is huge because because anchoring um, is what gives you tools to change your state. Right. Um, what I encourage people to do is to go back in their timeline, their own history, and to to go into an experience that left them feeling highly grateful and living briefly in that experience again and re-feeling whatever that feeling was. And you can do that in less than 30 seconds. So why don't we do this? Yeah. Since somebody's listening or somebody's watching, you bet. why don't we turn this into a command? Okay. And if it's cool with you, I'll close my eyes and I'll go through it. Absolutely. And then I'll give you some real-time feedback. Yep. So, okay. So, okay. You want me to just take you through a process really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just go ahead and close your eyes. Take, I'm going to take my posture here. Okay. So close your eyes, take a deep breath. And what I want you to do is I just want you to look inside and I want you to just ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? And when you notice the feeling, I want you to give the feeling a color. And it doesn't matter. Like there's no scientific choice, right? It's just the first color that comes up around the feeling that you have right now. There. Okay. You got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I want you to, to rate that on a scale from zero to 10, zero meaning that's pretty cruddy, but 10 meaning, Hey, it's amazing. It's like a 9.9. 9.9? Like yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty high. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, um, now, what I want you to do is I want you to go back to a time in your life where you really felt that you were worthy and grateful for whatever the experiences that you had that gave you that feeling. I want you to go back to the most memorable experience where you just felt super full of gratitude. Okay. And, and what I want you to do is once you've got it, okay, I want you to, to relive in that experience, not, not seeing yourself in the picture, but I want you to see that experience as though you're seeing it through your eyes again, but like it's on the cinema. I want you to blow it up really big, make it really bright, really super colorful, right? And I want you to uh, to hear all of the sounds, sight, smell, everything that you can reconnect with in that experience. And then I want you to notice what that feeling is. And once you have that feeling, just say, okay, I got it. 
I got it. Okay. And what color is that feeling? It's uh, bright blue. Okay. Now, on a scale from one to ten, go back inside, look at your feelings, and 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 how would you rate your feelings now on a scale from one to ten? I'm like at an eleven. Eleven. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say, could you make it bigger than ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm there. And, and about how long did that take for us to do that? Probably about two minutes. Okay. Now, if I told you, and I gave you a command, and I said, Scott, feel grateful all day, every day. How, <laughs> how would that feel? I would be like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, I, don't, but, I don't get it. Okay. But could you allow yourself to feel grateful for the next hour? I could. Okay. And if you ran into a circumstance or a situation that, that kind of took you out of that state during that hour, could you now get yourself back into that state to get you through the rest of that hour? Absolutely. And, okay. and what I really appreciate about the roadmap that you gave is uh, that internal soundtrack of like, you know, just think of a time. Yeah. Like literally somebody who's listening or watching can take that to and use it like Absolutely. right now today. Yeah. In, in fact, in fact, that is that is probably the second most valuable thing that most of my clients say that they gain um, working with me is just learning to have that relationship, that emotional relationship with self. Because because here's the thing. We grow up in environments, we are told by people that, oh, oh you, you know, you you shouldn't feel this or you shouldn't feel that or or don't be angry. Um, you know, if you grow up in a, gr- a, a guilt-driven uh, family like uh, like I grew up in, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't be mad. They're family, right? Or, yeah. or we're told all these things. And I grew up and went into my adult life not, not even not trusting my feelings, but not wanting to be connected to my feelings Got it. because I didn't know how to manage them. Mm. And, and most people, like, we're not giving a management system. No. Including, like, I'm raising my hands. So when I say most people, I'm including myself. Absolutely. Right? I'm not trying to avoid. Uh, but we're not we're not given the control manual for our life. That's right. And, and by default, we pick and choose what somebody else tells us. Yep. Okay. And, it, and it starts with children. When, when parents start telling their children what they should feel. When, when you take a look at the exercise that we just went through mm-hmm. and you said, this is the second thing that I work with people on. Yeah. It, you know, my brain goes, okay, what's the oh, worst? Because, yeah, because I consider this being stuck. Yeah. yeah. And, and people who get stuck uh, don't close deals. Right. They don't prospect. Absolutely. They avoid having the follow up conversations. Yep. And so, like, I call it stuck in the mud. It is stuck. It, it, and they, they they're, they're, they look for like every reason why something's not going to work. Hey, we got to do this. Nope, not going to work. Like, yep. okay, we got to get you unstuck. Absolutely. So are, are you saying that the first thing you do gets people unstuck? Yeah. Okay. And that is um, helping people to recognize and then clear their limiting beliefs. Mm. Um, and that comes, and, and part of that is recognizing what I call counter intention, right? Because what is an intention? When you intend for something, what is that? Mm-hmm. It's what you want to, or what you desire to have happen, right? But how many of you out there that are either watching or listening can think of things or areas in your life where you want cookies, but you keep making cake, <laughs> right? You, there's this desired outcome, but you keep doing all this other stuff that, that is not in alignment with the desired outcome. And if I ask you, well, why is that? And you think about our motivation system that's inherent. It's either we're, 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 we're avoiding pain or we're moving toward um, pleasure. And if you make really good cake, right, and people give you good feedback about cake and you feel confident about the cake, you're going to keep doing that. Now, 
we call it a comfort zone, but it's not. It's a familiar zone because it's not always comfortable, right? When you recognize there's something else that you want and you're not allowing yourself to go get it, it's familiar, but it's not comfortable. It can be quite painful, yet we continue to do it because it's familiar, because it's predictable, because we know how it's going to turn out. Um, going after the things that, um, that you desire but do not have now can sometimes be daunting because we don't always know enough about the outcome, right? We want to know more about how it's going to turn out. And uh, we don't always have that luxury. And so, uh, you know, I use the word faith. You have to act on faith. Um, but if you act in a way that is counter to what you desire, you're going to get that other thing instead of what it is that, that you'd really rather have. So, Greg, I want to go down a different path. Okay. And there's a point where we're by ourselves, but we also intersect and have uh, interactions with other people. Absolutely. And how is it that you can manifest but still hold people accountable and manifest after a relationship has gone sideways? So, um, so let me see if I've got this right. So, so you can manifest like I am manifesting – um, but maybe there's something not working energetically with another person and the relationship goes sideways and I don't feel like they're uh, either holding it in the same regard as me or sure. that, they're, that, that, that they're not valuing it the way that I'm valuing it. Uh, ideals, whatever, for whatever reason, the relationship just doesn't. Just, okay. Yeah. So um, it comes back to, and this is going to sound crazy, but it comes back to creating emotional safety in the relationship, right? Because if our values, if we wake up one day and our values do not match, it's because we weren't checking in with each other the way that I tell my clients to check in with themselves. And even if I try to check in and maybe there's a lack of willingness, it's because it's off the rails somewhere that that other person is no longer feeling safe enough to share what's on their heart with me. And, and it's not necessarily anything that I did. could be something that they did. It's just something we're no longer sharing together. We're not sharing emotional safety. And when I talk about emotional safety, it's um, an environment that you're willing to be, uh, you're willing to be 100% authentic and vulnerable. And that's the answer. And that's the answer. So let's say that you and I are not getting along. Yes. Whatever reason. Yep. It's uh, our relationship has gone sideways. Yep. Are you saying that you would come to me and have a conversation and say, Hey, Scott, yep. I feel like things have gone sideways. What could I have done better? Like, well, I would ask, where do you feel that we're no longer connecting in the way that you would like to? Well, that's a good, elegant question. Yep. Where do you feel that we're not connecting in the way that you'd like to? Because here's the thing, um, you know, and going back to, because, because, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in spirituality. Um, but, but for me, one of the biggest breakthroughs in my life was being able to validate what it is that I truly desire and to hear myself say it. Um, and for whatever reason, the patterns that people are raised in or, or um, you know, that, that they're, sent, they're sent messages that, that they can't express those things. And if you do not express to me what your desired outcomes and expectations are, I have no way of knowing. It, it, that, that, that we have a shared responsibility to let each other know what we feel that, that, that we uh, desire out of that connection. 
so that we're serving each other in the best way. Because it really, relationships are about service. And if we go sideways, then we're in a place where we can no longer serve each other in a meaningful way and feel good about it. You had a very elegant question. It was somewhere we lost our connection. Yeah. Can you say it again? Yeah. So where is it that we're not connecting? Um, or where is it that, 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 that we're not connecting in our relationship that, that you would like to be connecting? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this to like a relationship level, but not like what people would imagine. Yeah. Let's say I'm in a closing sequence. Oh, with with the oh yeah. So, so here's the deal. I love it. And I know where you're going. You don't yeah. even have to ask me. It's like <laughs> being on a date and the person you're on a date with won't hold your hand. Every time you go to hold their hand, they're pulling away. Right. And you start to notice if you try to, if you try to push through to the end of the date without stopping the date and addressing it, you're going to screw the whole, the wheels will come off the buggy, you'll blow it out and they may never come back. You have to have the guts and the courage to stop the momentum and just say, hey, I've noticed that we're not connecting in a meaningful way that's going to allow you to take, to, to go with you on this journey to change because all sales are about change. I don't care what you think about it. All sales are about change. People hate change unless there is something that they desire to have that is bigger than where they are now. Like if they, if they see that making that change is going to impact them in a way that's going to change their current state, then they'll go with you on the journey. But you have to identify that. You've got to be willing to stop and say, look, I noticed that we're not connecting and it's not allowing me to help you move toward this desired outcome that you have. What is it that we need to do? Or what do, how do I need to serve you in this moment? Right? What prop, and, and it comes down to solving problems, right? It's just problem solving. What is it that I need to do for you right now in order to help you feel that you're getting the highest benefit out of this journey together? But you got to put the brakes on. You got to be willing to say it. The reason we don't is because we feel uncomfortable, right? We're worried about making them feel uncomfortable. The best salespeople in the world are okay with making people feel uncomfortable. The top salespeople in the world have one of three traits. Okay. Okay. And you're going to like this. Yeah. One. They're good looking. Okay. <laughs> Two, Two, it's a good looking. <laughs> Two, they're funny. Okay. Three, they're socially awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And and the best salespeople like me are good looking, funny, and socially awkward. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, people don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about your product or your brand. They don't give a shit about anything. Um, and and let me tell you something. If you're a salesperson, you're still trying to base relationships on being liked not about that. I can be the biggest asshole in the world, but if I help you solve the problems that are going to help you to have a better life, I will build my relationship with you based on credibility. And that's being an expert at what I do. And if I'm an expert and I'm the problem solving guy, you may not want to have a beer with me and that's fine. I don't even drink beer anyway, but if I'm constantly solving your problems and helping you have a better life, I'm going to be the top guy in your book. So we have time for one more question you there. Um, when, when you take a look at gratitude mm -hmm. and manifestation, what's the one thing that's been counterintuitive to you that you're like, I really wish I would have understood this years ago. Oh, ah, yeah. That is, um, indifference about money. When I, so I, I grew up in, um, Sonoma, California. It was an environment of what at the time I considered haves and have nots. <clears throat> I went to school 
Uh, I was a scholarship kid at a school called Justin Siena that in order to go there, um, even today, it's uh, the, the tuition is like going to a high level university. Um, and and I, my family certainly couldn't afford it, but I was surrounded by kids um, whose parents owned wineries and, and, and worked in the financial district in San Francisco and high level attorneys and physicians. And, and um, a lot of the kids just had this attitude that money was just always there, that it just comes and goes, right? Um, yeah, you know, it just, it just whatever. I was, uh, I would get angry because I had heard things like hard earned dollar and money doesn't grow on trees and, uh, you know, go out and get a job, punk. You know, that was like my dad's thing to always say. And, um, and so when I would encounter people who just seemed indifferent about money, I, I, it, 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 um, it brought up just a lot of negative feelings in me. And when I realized that, um, that the true way to attract wealth is to be indifferent about it, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, it's like, it's like, it goes back to the, the needy relationship. I would love to have as much currency, as much, you know, whichever instrument you want to use or call it. I would love to have as much of that in my life as possible. I don't need it all. And I'm okay without most of it. So like, you know, in, in the Scandinavian country, they live off crowns, right? Yep. So like, yep, you're sure, just sure. like, ah, you know, I don't, yeah. crown, no crown. Yeah. I, I would love to have a lot. It's not the end of the world if I don't. Um, and just being, uh, just realizing that that money is also energy and money chooses you not based on whether or not you deserve it, but based on whether or not you're open and, um, and, and that you're free to allow money to fully manifest itself either in your life or the life of others. <clears throat> and so um, for those of you that get stuck or that get hung up with uh, fear or feelings of releasing money, right? That, that maybe you, you know, go into this mode that, you know, I'm going to save myself to wealth, send your money out with, with a, with a command and bless the money and say, go out and do good for others and come back to me with friends. And, uh, what I, what I find interesting about this is let's just say we're going to exchange money for the word relationship. You, you bet. Let's just say we're going to exchange the word money for the word client. Yep. Let's just say we're going to say we're going to exchange the word money for friendship. Absolutely. That that word is interchangeable. It's Absolutely. not just money. It's whatever descriptor word that you want. That's right. Because because money is is really just a tool for expressing appreciation. <clears throat> and and um, one of the one of the principles that I learned, uh, if you've never read the book uh, Business Seekers from the Bible by Rabbi Daniel Lappin, he also wrote the book Thou Shalt Prosper. One of the things that he teaches is that um, that 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 everything in your life should be about connection. And the purpose of that connection is to help other people have a better life. Now, people say, well, you know, money isn't everything or money isn't important. You know, money can't buy you happiness. And 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 you may not like this, but if you don't think that money can buy happiness, you do not know where to shop. Like you are not shopping in you're the not right buying, place. You're that's not right. buying the right clothes. That's right. Because, because here's what I tell my clients. 
I would rather cry on a Mercedes than on a bicycle. <laughs> Instead, it was a really good bike. Okay, maybe, right? But 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 here's the reality that um, that that everything is about connection uh, with the intention to help other people to have a better life. And and I'm going to divert. And I know we've got to wrap up, but I really want to make this point that I really feel that it's important to say this. You have heard people say, "Well, just follow your passion. You'll never work a day in your life." And, and it's it's crap. How many people do you know? How many people do you know that are following their passion, but they're still stuck? Right? It's, yeah, just, it's just it's just not working out. Because and uh, and this is this is this is a breakthrough, man. Um, it's selfish, right? It's self-serving. And one of the things that I learned is is you there can be um, there you you can you can have enlightened uh, self-servitude. And enlightened self-servitude is the understanding that I'm going to do as much as I can to help other people have a better life, knowing that through that, I'll get everything that I want, right? But I first have to have the intention to help as many other people as possible have their best life ever. And by doing that and fitting my passion into helping other people to have a better life, that's how I'll get everything that I could possibly want. That is that? such a cool thing to end on. Greg, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Facebook. You can find me. Just look up the Gratitude Coach. I'm on Instagram. Just look up Gratitude Coach. Uh, I'm no longer on Twitter, uh, but I won't <laughs> go into that. But uh, that's a different story. That's right. But you can you can just Google Gratitude Coach, and you can find me. Reach out, connect. Um, and if you want to read my book, um, you can get it on Amazon and wherever fine paperbacks are sold. Very cool, <laughs> Thank you so much. You bet, Scott. Good Thanks to see you. Hey, it only took 28 years, but we found it. Seriously? Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, if we can wrap with one soundbite. You bet. Uh... Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.